Happy Tuesday on this, the final week of Promoter Month on the 8160 here on the bridge with Chris Aguirian. And I am, this is this is bittersweet. It is. It's, it's yeah. been a really fun month. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is the 8160 here on 90.9 The Bridge. And um, it was kind of a silly idea that kind of kind of became something pretty cool. Um, but this is our fifth and final week of having different promoters into our studio and hang out with us. And, you know, the idea was to get a little bit of a behind the scenes of, you know, what it takes perhaps to put your favorite v- bands in your favorite venues all around town. And uh, this week we're joined by Brett Mosman, um, probably, yeah, definitely the most seniored uh, of experience time spent in the industry. Uh, Brett is is Pipeline Productions. He does most of the booking, almost all the booking done at Crossroads KC behind Grinders. Does a lot of the booking at the Bottleneck. He started this festival called Wakarusa. When he was three. That's why exactly. it's a senior. Um, and, and you put shows all around town as, as things happen, uh, if they happen that way. I've been to your shows at Uptown and uh, all these places. But thank you for coming in, Brett. Great to be here. A special drive in from Lawrence for you. Thank you for the that. Long drive. Sorry Tough about that. Commute. Um, you're sitting on uh, right on the front edge of a really insane three-day run where I will be at your venue for three days in a row. Uh, this Saturday, you have Lake Street Dive-In. Am I right on that? No. My day's off. That's, yeah, you're Indigo on Indigo Saturday. Indigo on Saturday. There we go. I my dates. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so Indigo Girls is on Saturday. On, and then on Sunday is John Butler Trio. And then on Monday is Lake Street Dive. Yeah, you got it. And then we just did some sort of competition. The bridge has a you, meet and greet opportunity. Still, I would look at that at bridge909.org. It's right on the main page. There it is. So very, very awesome opportunity. Three great shows, three great bridge shows. Yeah. Uh, uh, right in a row. Yeah, we have Umphreys McGee on uh, Thursday too. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for a couch this weekend. <laughs> so much good stuff. And it's also, a lot of shows for me. if you want to check out, we've got some opportunities in regard to Umphreys McGee on our website right now as well. If you go to the contest area, so bridge909.org again. Well, again, thank you again if you've if you've been able to tune in to any of these previous weeks. If you haven't and you want to, you can go to our website bridge909.org and you can check out our archive there. All of our shows are archived, and this is show 138 for oh, us. What? Uh, but then next week we'll be back with uh, regular programming. Uh, our good friend Bill Sundahl will be in from KKFI Woo! as it is time to talk about Crossroads Music Festival. That's happening all around the Crossroads uh, starting next Saturday, September 9th. Um, but this week again, we're joined by Brett from Pipeline. And usually we play music and talk more and recap stuff, but this is we're just going to jump in. Um, <laughs> how long have you been at this? If, if you don't want to say... You don't have to say. Yeah, but earlier if, if you, you didn't say old, so <laughs> seasoned. So I, I think I said senior. I've been, I've been doing a lot of seasoning for decades and decades. Decades and decades um, of season. I got into it in the mid-80s. Mid-80s. And I was three or four, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. How? How did you get into it? Because I know other people's uh, origin stories <laughs> to make you a comic book hero, but I don't know yours at all. Well, I had graduated college and didn't know what I wanted to do, and... Uh, friend of mine Mona Tipton and I decided let's open a music bar and we opened a music bar called the called the bottleneck it was called Cogburns when we bought it it was a drink and drown freshman club there on New Hampshire and Lawrence and um, we quickly turned it to the bottleneck about a year later so what what year is that then 85 so 32 years at the bottleneck awesome kind of a labor of love that's crazy um did you ever have a normal job um, prior to that, not really. No. I was a chef. I cooked a lot. and uh, But, you know, I was supposed to be the business side of the uh, equation, and Mona was supposed to Promoter. be the music side. And What's still, Mona do now? Um, I think she teaches English. Oh. <laughs> She's been a professor type. for. She, she got out in 89, so we had four years together. But... Um, you know, I, I think I went to South by Southwest in maybe 86, the first year. Really? They had like two or three 15 passenger vans. That is awesome. And it was heaven. And I got bit and I said, no, nah, I got to do the music too. I saw you speak on a panel at South by. I've done a lot of conferences. Was that 14 or 15? And it was you and Kevin Lyman who started yeah. uh, Warp Tour. Warp Tour, the woman who currently was running Governor's Ball in New York. And then whoever is the now the owner of uh, the Newport Folk Festival. 
Yeah. It was a really great panel. That was fun. Yeah. So I still go to South by sometimes, but yeah. uh, you know, seeing four thousand bands in seven days is kind of a smorgasbord of heaven for us. <laughs> yeah, and also insanity. Um, let's talk about Wakarusa. Uh, that the f- very first Wakarusa was when. Oh four. Yeah, it's oh four. I know the answers. So oh good. <laughs> the test, right? Just like that. I'm guessing, and you know. <laughs> Do you remember that first night of Wakarusa? It was a Thursday night. Tornado rolled in. Massive thunderstorm. Terrible tornado. I'm watching <laughs> Sound Tribe Sector 9 play to the worst lightning storm I've ever seen in my life. Every band in a tent. <clears throat> sold every hoodie and sweatshirt they had because it was so cold. Yeah. It was so cold. And a great, great money-making uh, racket for all the bands. <laughs> it was on purpose. So I, I remember uh, the band OAR. And uh, it's 2004. It's every it's first year and I, I i know that first year vibe at a festival myself and uh it's 2 a.m they're supposed to have been on at midnight and he I, I wasn't a really big oar fan but he led on to this version of release by pearl jam at 2 a.m as it's lightning and it just it was it's stuck with me you know i guess it's 13 years but um such a great moment and then going through the lists 2005 that was the year where we went down there all out. Camp, like three tents, silly, crazy long flagpole. Uh, Nico Case, Wilco, John Butler Trio, Xavier Rudd, Robert Bradley's Black Artist Prize, <gasps> Modest Yahoo, Colexico, Ozan Motley. Like some of my favorite everythings right. were all there. That's 12 years ago. And I, I never made it down to the Ozarks, the, to the mountain. Oh, to Arkansas. In Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, do you think that there, that this maybe comes back as a rebirth, a renaissance someday? I think I'm ready for it to come back. I, I want it to come back. You know, a year or two off was uh, good, I think. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it needs to come back. It was a special time. It's one of those things, and I know before you had Wakarusa, you had other things. Jayhawk Music Festival, I think, was one of your babies. And yeah. I was at that in 1997. Yeah, I um, think we did three Jayhawk music festivals. We did Bocamo in Columbia Bocamo, with Richard King from the Blue sure. Note. We did Sunflower Music Festival, Me and Mammoth. I remember that. Um, with Ween and yeah. some. So uh, there's been a lot of other festivals. We did Thunder on the Mountain and Harvest Fest. So I, I think I've done almost 40 major music festivals. If somebody came to you and they said, you know, I'm thinking about having a, I'm thinking about starting a festival. <laughs> What, what, what would you tell them? I know what I would tell them. Uh, what, what would you tell them? It's, you know, it's nearly impossible. It it's really is. It's really, really hard. Uh, yeah. You can do everything right and still lose. Yes. You know, you're up against the weather and the world. so many it elements that you can't control. But there's a vibrancy that I love. I love the idea of having eight eggs in the air and uh trying yeah you know i went to film school wanted to be a producer oh, a yeah. movie producer and i liken them the same way of you've got 50 different things going on from catering to film and all of these things that have to come together perfectly at a point in time and you never get it perfect but it's fun trying it's like pinball you know you yeah. want you want to have that one magic game and it brings you back every year and i fed off of the chaos and yeah. i, I kind of dig it so well if you're just tuning in this is the this is the bridge and you're listening to the 8160 uh we're talking with brett mostman today on the show he's the the man behind pipeline productions uh he runs the bottleneck Wakarusa in the past and he also book, does all the booking at crossroads kansas city which has an amazing three-day run of shows coming up on uh, on Sunday night it starts. Saturday night it starts with the Indigo Girls. On Sundays, John Butler Trio, and then on Monday is Lake Street Dive. And don't forget about Umphreys McGee. On and Umphreys McGee on Thursday. I'm just doing a three ring deal here. <laughs> um, let's talk about Crossroads. Is it year nine? Eleven. Wow. Yeah, it goes fast. Eleven. What? Eleven years of putting shows there behind grinders. Yep. And. Is there, will there be a bigger show ever than the Queens of the Stone Age show there? Well, that'll be a big one. I mean, it, it sold out really quick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was talk about it going to other big places. So we love those shows that are kind of a tight fit. Right. And, 
you know, create a lot of energy for the venue. Yeah, I remember like of Monsters and Men and uh, Avet and maybe one of those early uh, Edward Sharp shows. Yeah. Just being like, it's such a good vibe when it's insane. The chaos, like you mentioned. I think so. I think it's just a phenomenal venue. I love being outdoors under the stars. It's such a comfortable place. I yes. mean, it feels like Kansas City to me. Yes. Almost more than anything. You got both skylines. Yeah. And nobody's bugging you. And uh, it's just beautiful there. Yeah. And it And it's the right size venue where, like, my five-foot wife can see perfectly from yes. everywhere. Yeah. You know, and it's not smoky. It's not too hot. It's, it's just right, always. My first show ever. At Crossroads was Wilco and Andrew Bird. Wow, that's a good one that sold out quick. Wow, I remember seeing Andrew Bird at the '04 Walkerisa. Yeah, way back. But um, so let's let's jump into some of your personal history stuff. Uh, What was the first concert that you went to that you maybe recall? Do you remember your answer? I don't remember my answer. You said <laughs> I didn't study, but was it Black Sabbath? You said probably Kansas. In oh your yeah, high, yeah, yeah. My high school auditorium. High school. I won't say the I was year. Probably but. fourteen, and they played their high school was my high school. Is that right? And you know that was another kind of springboard. Like, gosh, all these local bands are kind of cool. It turned into, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Garth Brooks called them the greatest American rock band ever. Is and, that real? Yeah, yeah. Wow. He has a lot, and and they are. They're a special act. I asked you what your favorite show that you went to was, and your favorite show is also on my favorite list. Do you remember the answer? No. They're here in a couple Tuesdays. You too. Uh, you had said uh, the show uh, it was uh, November 27, 2001, U2 post 9-11. Uh, it was at Kemper. I had amazing seats that I paid way too much money for, especially 16 years ago. But it was. It was right after 9-11. If you can speak to that. It was remarkable. I had really good seats, floor seats too. And um, the emotion was just so high. I mean, I get goosebumps talking about it. Yeah. But then Bono opened up the leather jacket with the flag flag. embroidered in it. And I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And it it was just so powerful. It showed what music could do and how it can bring people together. And then a few months later, this is November. So then in February, they played the halftime of the Super Bowl with a very similar 18-minute version of the two-and-a-half-hour version right. of that show. And if you haven't ever seen U2, let it not become one of the bucket list bands. Just go see them. They're here September 12th. It's it's a couple Tuesdays from now. And Beck is on the bill. Beck is opening. On, you can't lose. It's going to be an amazing night out of Arrowhead. Yeah. Um, what's the first album you remember receiving as a child or buying with your own money? Your answers are Black Sabbath and Uriah Heep. I was going to say Uriah Heep. I can't believe I'm Uriah for Heep three. is an answer. That's crazy. I, I think, think I saw at, them play. Look at me. The album cover was a mirror. Was that it? I think that's what sold me back then. <laughs> that's all it took. It's <laughs> understandable. Uh, one more question and then some music. What's your favorite film that has anything to do with music? You said you went to film school or school for to study film. I loved Almost Famous, yeah. so that one I could watch over. Me oh, too. no wonder you guys are yeah. same boat. There you go. Spinal Tap's pretty great, too. That was a big one last week. Jackie yeah. was in here, obviously, yeah. the name of her company. Um, I've been trying to play a song from the, my favorite uh, concert experience at the Whoever booked the, from the promoter here. So my favorite show you've ever had at your venue was David Byrne and St. Vincent, which I Man, if you weren't there, I feel sorry for I'm you. I'm so jealous that it's you just, were there. It was such an unbelievable night. Awesome. It was July 12th, 2013. They had uh, done, done a record together um, called Love This Giant. And uh, we're going to hear the song Who uh, by David Byrne and St. Vincent. It's the creepiest album cover, and I love it <laughs> so much. Uh, and again, St. Vincent is actually here in town on, sun, uh, on no- Sunday, November 19th at the Uptown. Do you have any stories from that day? Just that it was magical. I mean, we all became fans that night. You know, we had to put down the work and, oh, we'll settle later. And we had to watch the show because it, it was captivating. to not because everyone was, it was all choreographed. Everything was choreographed. And what a few things blew my mind was there was like 12 musicians on stage and Annie Clark, who was St. Vincent, and then David Burner up there. And they each stopped and introduced the other 12 musicians by name and they mentioned that their projects and they all had their individual projects for sale at the merch counter 
which is so cool. That's awesome. I remember yeah. that. And then David Byrne rode his bike to Oklahoma Joe's <laughs> from, <laughs> from the venue and had barbecue. Part of it for me was so exciting because there's always, when you're booking festivals, you know, there's that artist or two every year that you put the offer in every year, just hoping that <laughs> they Neil, won't say Neil that. Young shows up at yeah. Wakarisa, right? Well, David Byrne was one of those for me. Like, I'm going to put an offer in for David Byrne every year the rest of my life <laughs> until he plays. And instead of the festival, he played the venue, which was exciting. Such so. a great show. Well, here's music from that record, Love This Giant. The song is called Who by David Byrne and St. Vincent. Crossroads KC, Pipeline, in support of the bridge, presents Humphreys McGee. Tickets for Humphreys McGee are available through CrossroadsKC.com, Grinders, and the Bottleneck in Lawrence. Humphreys McGee. Humphreys McGee, Thursday, August 31st at Crossroads KC, in support of the bridge.
was new music from Sylvanesso from the record called What Now? The song was called Die Young. It came out back in April. I love that record. Uh, they'll be here in town on September 26th at Crossroads, Kansas City, down behind Grinders. Um, also opening, the band that's opening is Halado Negro, which is a really fun band as well. It's also fun to say. Um, but we're joined by the, pr- the promoter of that venue, Crossroads, Kansas City, also the Bioneck, also other ventures like Wakarusa. His name is Brett Mosman, and he has Pipeline Productions, and he's hanging out with us on our fifth and final week of Promoter Month here on the 8160. Hello, Brett. Good day. Thank you for coming into Kansas City to hang out with us and uh, let me grill you with all these fun questions. Um, would you like to say anything about Sylvanesso? Yeah, fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, booked by my daughter. Really? Awesome. At Paradigm Agency in L.A. They drew on the wall over there that awesome. comic, the dog fighting yeah. the bear. Uh, they played here while we were at South By. They played in here the same weekend as TV on the radio. Uh, two of my favorite everythings all hanging out in our oh, studio yeah. while me and you were down there 12 hours away. I love around that TV on the radio show we did. That and Sylvanesso played Fed Up Fest last year. Yes. Great show. Back again. September but yeah, 26th. my daughter uh, made full agent at Paradigm maybe in May. Nice. That is awesome. So pretty proud papa. No joke. That's awesome. We'll get to more about you. Maybe something referencing your daughter later in the show. <laughs> um, what's the favorite show you've booked? You've booked thousands and thousands of shows. I asked you this question, and I know your answer. Um, do you remember what you told me? 
I think. See, I, I think did I'm this... over twelve thousand shows. So yeah, this is yeah, so totally understandable. I'm you said flunking, Waka I'm flunking my own. You said Waka <laughs> Um, well, Waka is certainly fun. It's, you know, it's, it's nice to spend millions of dollars. I don't know if you ever look at your own Wikipedia pages or Wikipedia pages about <laughs> events you created, but there's a Wikipedia page for uh, Wakarusa, and you can look at it by year. And it's really, you know, Chance the Rapper played Wakarusa. Yeah. I mean, it just the breadth of people that you've had play it over the years. Mumford played Wakarusa. Mumford, Black Keys, Edward Sharp, yeah. Chance the Rapper, Skrillex, Bass Nectar. Flaming Lips. Uh, Flaming You know, it goes on forever. Cake. And it's a pretty deep list. Yeah. And I mean, it, I, uh, I can't imagine how much time, ever effort, blood, sweat, and tears you put into that since... I mean, that launched in 04. You probably spent... You probably started coming up with the idea in 2000. It's definitely a full-time job, yeah. and um, again, probably the funnest thing I've ever done career-wise, right. um, because I just really dug way in and had spreadsheets and you know budgets, and it, it felt like it's what I was meant to do, right. so I dug it. I had asked you previously, what's the one, what's a band that has eluded you either booking wise which sounds like david byrne did that for a while but you fixed that or on a your own visiting level your own social level that you wanted to see live that you had never seen the two probably that got away i don't think i saw prince or david bowie man that's the same thing jackie said last week and you know both died really young and uh, really didn't play that much right you know and so those were bummers yeah they were here. He just didn't make it out to those shows. Yeah. On Jackie's list was Tom Petty. I've seen Petty a and lot. And I know you just sat in the front row at close. Tom Petty, close to the front row. Yeah, it took the whole family. That yeah. That's a family affair for us where all four boys just sing every word. Awesome. And yeah. so we all went and had a great time. Nice. Um, over the years, you've met so many, I can't even imagine, uh, different rock stars. Uh, who were you most starstruck by? And tell us this story. I think. I hope you remember what you said. I, I think some <laughs> of the statesmen, but um, you know, certainly Willie Nelson and Levon Helm. But uh, we did two or three shows with Johnny Cash in the '90s, and got to go have breakfast on the bus with June Carter and Johnny. And where were the shows? Uh, Topeka, Lawrence. Um, I, I want to say we did a Columbia one too. But anyway, Topeka and Lawrence. And, you know, he wasn't in great health, but just the most down to earth. And I mean, you really sensed you were at the throne of royalty. You know, it's like, wow, pinch me. And, and I'm not a fanboy, really. Sure. But Johnny Cash yeah, is God, on. you know. <laughs> yeah. And it was pretty cool. What venue was that awesome. at? Lead Center and TPAC. Really? Yeah. TPAC, that place is tiny. Yeah, well, they didn't sell out either. So really, and I, I want to say it was right after he did the American recording. So there's kind of the rebirth, and it still, you know, was kind of a struggle. As you know, sometimes it's hard for Willie to sell tickets too. So well, I think that's three of the five shows Johnny Cash has come up in yeah. these type of questions. That's true. Um, off, I didn't ask you this in advance, but what's <laughs> as you've been in this for so long to compare then versus now? Like, what's one of the biggest changes or hardest things to cope with, deal with in this industry now? Well, uh, there's the Hunter S. Thompson quote that probably most people in the music business know, sure. but um, it gets worse and worse, I think. Uh, the technology has changed it for the better. You know, you used to spend all day at Kinko's making posters <laughs> and waiting for the record label to send you a picture of the sure. band for two weeks. Or, you know, it's it's everything so instantaneous, and especially the discovery. I mean, you know, 70s and 80s, you'd be going through the record bins all weekend long right. to find something and listen to it and buy it and you can hear a thousand bands a weekend now on Spotify or Pandora and and that's unbelievable for somebody my age and so you know there's good and bad with all of that um, but you know it just becomes a bigger and a bigger business right. and 
you'd like to go back to where it was more relationships and more about the music than the money. And so some of that's hard for me to watch. Yeah. You know, it's such a carnivorous business. Well, if you're just tuning in, this is the 8160 here on 90.9 The Bridge. And uh, the voice you're hearing that's not mine is Brett Mosman of Pipeline Productions. He's joining us as our fifth and final week of Promoter Month Aww. here on the, here on the show. It's, it's been sad. a really great five weeks of uh, having different guests in that book your favorite bands and your favorite venues all around town. Um, but to get closer to some music now, someone that we both really love and uh, got to see at the Granada and that you're the bottleneck, the bottleneck show particularly is in my top 50 shows of all time, Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise. And uh, there's no real reason you should know who that is if you're listening to the show. But man, this, Robert Bradley was, was when that record came out in 1997 or something like that, 94 maybe, an elderly man. And he was from Detroit, and uh, he was discovered, allegedly, uh, busking outside of a window of a record studio, and two fellas heard him. They went outside, talked to him, and they made a record with him. And then they toured as Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise. I saw them for the first time <laughs> November 18th, 1997, at the Granada. They opened for this little band named Government Mule. <laughs> and then your show... Uh, March 3rd, 2001, I think the room was in tears. Uh, it was just yeah. such an unbelievable... Sh- I remember you were at that show. I don't remember seeing you at a lot of bottleneck shows over my very long history of seeing shows there, but I remember seeing you that night. And uh, it just... Robert Bradley, was, it's it's so soulful, and we're gonna hear you're going to hear some in a second. But if you can speak to any of that... Uh, I, I know mean, you had him on Waka several times. Yeah, I've put him on a lot of street parties and festivals and just fell in love with that record and then fell in love with him. I mean, you know, the story, backstory was, I don't even know if he was that old. You know, he's kind of homeless and he's yeah, he blind was and didn't have many teeth left. Yeah. And when he'd start to sing, I mean, you just collapse yeah. and uh, stare at him record came uh, out in 1996 so much soul and just embodied passion you know and the band was just the best too yeah. and uh, I couldn't get enough of him and if there was any justice in the music business he'd be a big star you know he would have been the next Stevie Wonder or whatever years ago I was moving and I was going through that uh, and music nerds can appreciate this that drawer you have full of video VHS tapes of like things you recorded over time. I had a video on tape of Robert Bradley sitting down with Carson Daly on like an episode of TRL, which that would never happen these days because it's (laughs) way too real of music to ever get on a show like that. But, um, it's just such great music. Let's, let's play some for you. Uh, the song we're going to hear is called once upon a time by Robert Bradley's Blackwater surprise. It came out in 1996 on the record. uh, That's a self-titled release. Here it is.
comes to Crossroads KC this Monday night and the bridge wants you to meet the band. I don't care about you anyway. Register to win at bridge909.org for a special bridge sound check party with Lake Street Dive. Make your Labor Day weekend complete this Monday night with Lake Street Dive and the bridge at Crossroads KC. was two minutes and 44 seconds of a 12-minute song. <laughs> yeah. The song is called Ocean, and it's by John Butler Trio. And John Butler Trio is at Crossroads KC, down behind Grinders, on September 3rd. What day of the week is that? Sunday night. And uh, that song, it's, it's, John Butler tells the story of how every day when he was busking before he was an established musician, he would play that song every day when he would busk for pocket change, and how it changed every day when he would play it like the tides of an ocean, the waves of an ocean. And then as he established himself, he still plays it every single day. And it's I've seen the John Butler Trio an embarrassing amount of times. And it's it's still my favorite thing every time during a show. Like the last time he played at Crossroads, I was in the VIP lounge and I knew it was coming. And I grabbed somebody like, hey, we have to go out here because this is going to happen and you can't miss this. It's going to be like the best 12 minutes of your life, uh, or at least th of this week. And uh, 
it's just such a great thing. So if, if, you, if you can get down there Sunday night at Crossroads, John Butler Trio, and also opening is, uh, I'm, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation here, but Natalie Rise. Uh, she looks like a really interesting act as well, opening up. Um, but we are joined by the promoter of Crossroads Kansas City this week here on the show. Uh, his name is Brett Mosman of Pipeline Productions. Thank you for joining us again. Only like 10 more questions. <laughs> um, everybody likes to talk about riders. And if you aren't familiar with what a rider is, uh, when a band comes to town before they get here, they like for certain things to be taken care of at the venue, uh, whether it be towels or food or drinks or t- a certain type of beer or a particular type of bottle of water. Um, I've asked people to not name names, but I guess if you want to, fire away. Um, what's some of the silliest <laughs> yeah, well. stuff on a rider that you've seen over your many years in the business? And if you don't remember, I'm going to say this because it's good. Um, one early days, you know, when we were getting used to it and they weren't so crazy yet, you know, they weren't 20 pages long or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dead milkman demanded cut flowers and under it said, just to show you care. That's what you wrote. Uh, <laughs> so that I always thought, yeah, go ahead and get them some flowers, you know. So, you know, um, I always you know, wondered why they all needed sweat socks. Why do I have to buy tube socks every damn day? That's come up on four of the five <laughs> weeks. True. And, you know, if you go out on a bus tour or a van tour, you realize that it smells. they don't have washing machines <laughs> yeah. in hotel rooms and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it was kind of a necessity to get your boxers and your sweat socks. Um, Did you actually get them? Most people are like... Very seldom. <laughs> okay. Most people are like, I'm not going to buy you socks. <laughs> what's the best and craziest story? And this is crazy. What's the best and craziest story that, that's, that you've seen that you can tell us? I remember this one, I think. So one of the first big sellouts at the bottleneck, and before we had any idea really what we were doing, uh, book the butthole surfers. Sure. Uh, didn't really know what I was getting into. It sold out. There were yeah. tripping people there that were huge. naked. Yeah. And the police were all coming in to see the naked people that were tripping. Didn't bother anybody or anything. Uh, and then there was a problem with the police lights. You know, the little siren, red sure. spinning siren lights. The butthole surfers had them on their speaker stacks. And they wouldn't come on. And uh, it got to be where they were pretty agitated and the band demanded to see me the promoter so i kind of wander out and i'm like what's up he's like our lights aren't working (laughs) and i'm like well we'll try and fix them he literally pulled a gun on me and put it on my forehead he's like no no you will fix them or there won't be a show and i'm like well now this is an interesting you know career move i've made (laughs) i'm i'm check that off the list yeah so um you know that was one where we got the lights to work eventually but there is a whole so i called my roommate who was not an electrician (laughs) but he comes zoom you know it's kind of hard to get an electrician at 11 o'clock you know now it's hot and sweaty everybody's getting agitated got to get the lights working my buddy rolls in with his little toolbox and he's done quite a bit of electrical work next thing big pop and the place goes dark he literally put a screwdriver across a 220 amp breaker and it blew him across the room i found a flashlight i saw him smoking in the corner of our back room and the show happened and the show happened what? And I didn't get shot. That's that's good. What? So that that was exciting. To go from <laughs> polar opposites here. Was it a water gun? I mean, I just was it a BB I'm gun? Pretty sure it was a real gun. Who, I'm pretty what? sure he was tripping what? balls. <laughs> Let's switch it up now. Okay, sorry. Okay. Who are some of the nicest people you've met in the business? Um, my whole crew came to me after Levon Helm. And he was on oxygen. It was one of his, I don't know if he played after that July summer. July 5th, 2010 was that gig, and he passed away April 19th, 2012. Yeah, so, you know, it was obviously it was so the end of his career. Day. He was on oxygen. He didn't want people, he didn't want to be in the spotlight. So we 
took the lights off of him and you couldn't see his oxygen bottle. And he treated everybody like he was their servant. Yeah. And just the most genuine, down-to-earth Arkansas boy who happened to be one of the biggest music stars on planet Earth in the history of rock yeah. and roll. And it just made me melt, you know. I must have had 10 people say, I wish he was my grandpa. Oh. He was that cool. So, you know, there's good people in the business, no doubt. You'd also mentioned Elvis Costello and Michael Franti. Yeah, uh, Franti is yeah. just so real. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I remember him from Wakarusa, and he never wears shoes. Yeah. And it was about 150 on the asphalt, and I offered to get him a rug. He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm like that's what stuck with me with yeah. him is like he wasn't going to impose upon anybody ever he wouldn't let you sell vip tickets because it was you know one love with him and nobody's better than anybody else and the message is just so real right you know Absolutely. he lives it he walks it he exudes it wherever he is and it's so positive it's just fun to be around him yeah he's a good dude for sure absolutely um to get closer to some more music here uh on September 2nd, I've so screwed up my own dates. The Indigo Girls are down at your venue at Crossroads behind Grinders. Um, I was going to play a song from the record Swamp Ophelia, and uh, there's an interesting story here. I, I saw uh, I saw them play most recently up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They played Justin Vernon, Bonavera's music festival up there. And Bonavera, Justin Vernon, cites Swamp Ophelia as the most... Uh, the most prolific record he'd ever heard. He even has the lyrics from that record tattooed on him. And he asked the Indigo Girls to come to Eau Claire and play Swamp Ophelia track for track at his festival, his first year of his own festival. And they showed up and they're like, well, they, he asked us to come here and do it, so we're going to do it. Here's track one. And they played it track for track. And then at the end of the, the CD, the album, they played like three hits. And um, I thought I'd play a song from that record. We're going to play Reunion from the Indigo Girls from Swamp Ophelia. Uh, they're at Crossroads on September 2nd. Come out for what will be a great night. Here it is. I had guards like watchdogs, dogs in a manger. I could feel the protection, possession and anger. And I drove out of there with no one behind me. Feeling funny and free.
Was music from Lake Street Dive. The song is called Call Off Your Dogs. It's such a great song. You can catch that song on Monday night down at Crossroads KC. Lake Street Dive will be here in town for a great night at Crossroads KC behind Grinders. We happen to be joined by the promoter of that venue and other venues around town uh, down in Lawrence the Bottleneck and uh, of, of, of his history, Wakarusa. And you can also sign up to win meet and greet tickets for Lake Street Dive at bridge909.org. You can do that too. But his name is Brett Mosman. Thanks for coming in, Brett. Thank you. As has happened every week here during Promoter Month, we are against the clock, so we got a couple couple questions <laughs> left. If you could work with anyone that you haven't worked with already, who would you like to work with? Living, dead. I mean, um, you know, I was really inspired yes. by all the stories of Bill Graham and, uh, you know, all the innovations he did from Bobbin for Apples and stuff and just that kind of hustler instinct. But... You know, I, I do think that if I had it to do all over again, a much smarter side of the business would to be on management or agent <laughs> side. You know, you're still connected to it, but maybe you're not rolling the dice with right. the family house every night. Okay. <laughs> or you, I always tease that, you know, a lot of people go to work and have bad days. Us promoters lose $10,000, $100,000 on a bad day and maybe did some of our hardest work. So, you yeah. know, being a manager, I think, would be kind of cool and maybe a little smarter, a little closer to the front of the food line. <laughs> and then perhaps our last question, other than a mortgage, how do you stay motivated in a really difficult industry? Well, that's pretty easy. It never feels like work. 
You know, yeah. uh, we all love music. We're passionate about it. I can surround myself with people that love music and are passionate about it. So it doesn't feel hard ever. I mean, there are challenges. It can be rough. But at the end of the day, you know, you've said it a lot. You get a real job. You know, try that for a while. Right. So. I think uh, I wouldn't want to do anything else. I, I really love it. The people we get to work with, you know, I do just revere. I put them on a pedestal. And I think they have so much talent and so much ability to shape emotion and shape society. I mean, it goes through the centuries probably. But, you know, to me, they're kings in our world. That's a great way to end. Um, Thank you for coming in, Brett, and thanks to all the other promoters that have joined us during Promoter Month. We're gonna leave you with music from Levon Helm. You called him Speaking one of the of nicest, kings. one of the guy, one of the nicest guys in the business. Uh, again, he played down at Crossroads July fifth, twenty ten, and passed away in April twenty twelve. Thanks again. Thank you. See you all weekend long. Here's Levon Helm with the song <laughs> "The Mountain." Thanks, everybody. Chill.